Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. This podcast is here to ask the big questions, to invite you into the conversation and to tuck into what makes a good workplace culture and how do we grow and get better together. My name is Lincoln and for first time listeners, Rhonda is the CEO and co-founder of Moi. She's an HR aficionado, a determined optimist, an all-round great human being, and we're very delighted to have Rhonda on the podcast. Hello. It is so good to be talking to you. We're here this week to talk about growth in business, especially through the lens of the growth of Moi as a business mm. and the authenticity and the confidence that's required when a business steps into a new space. Let's start with growth in general as a concept, especially the importance of growth. So I love the topic of growth because I think it's the very essence of life. And if you look at all living things, all living things, we have to move and grow. We can't just stay stagnant. It's funny, we understand so much more about biology almost than we do about the psychology of people and how that works. Hmm. But you start to understand it when we come together and so there's this individual growth piece and then this connected growth piece. And I think, you know, you can really learn a lot from how people come together and when they grow together and when they don't. Before we get to that collective piece, how important is individual growth for each person that steps into a company? It cannot be underestimated. So we could go to quantitative data. So with the indices and things that we do to map and measure culture, there's always this going in proposition of what's most important to people. And there's people say, oh, it's the boss and it's money and it's something else. All those are important, but constantly we find the most important thing to people is growth and development. What can I learn to do that I couldn't do before? What are you going to let me practice that I might become really great at? What are you going to expose me to that I didn't know before I met you? And there's something inherent in all of us to say that we don't just want to come in and do what we've done for the rest of our lives every day. We want to come in and do something different. We want to get better or bigger or stretched um, so that we start to look at what we might do, not just what we already know how to do. It's interesting that the data shows that because I think there can be a misconception that humans want comfort. They want the same expectations that they had the previous day. They want the same rhythms, the same challenges. There can be a misconception, I think, that that's how humans operate, but you're saying the data shows otherwise. The two things that are most important to people when they talk about what's important for them to thrive at work are their growth and development and also back into this piece of whether they like to work with others, big groups or small groups, that's also very important. So they're sort of things to remember. When people are balancing being an individual and also working in a team, in a team where people are going to have different approaches, different priorities, different ways of working, how do we grow as individuals when we're part of a collective? It, we make space for each other. And so if you go out to the simplest form of family therapy, what goes wrong in families is that we all join at a certain order, first kid, second kid, third kid, and we adopt, that's how we're going to be. And then things happen in our life and we start to be who we're going to be. So if you grow up in a family where your parents were a bit absent, the eldest child will adopt almost a parenting responsibility, rescuing people, being more responsible than they should be, all that sort of jazz. If that pattern of behaviour stays forever, like every time you turn up at Mother's Day and Father's Day and Christmas and 
Every time you turn up, you're expected to be the eldest child who's responsible. You will be that for everybody, even people who aren't in your family that you meet at work, you will adopt that persona because that's who you are. Whereas if a family is really healthy, they grow together, they change together and they say, okay, well, we've always had you. And I had a, a beautiful example when I was talking to my husband, Michael, about this some time ago. He said, some families, you sort of turn up and your position is fullback in the football team. But after a while, you think, I actually don't want to play fullback. I actually think I could kick goals. So I'd like to move forward. And if your family is a really healthy family, say, sure, I've been kicking goals as the first kid for ages. Here's the jumper. You kick goals. And the person goes, great, I have a turn. And then the first kid will go back as fullback or out into the wing. And it moves around. People have a chance to play different roles, to be who they might be, to try different things. And it's that growth in a family that we learn that we then take into work. And I think, how do we grow an individual inside a team? Make space for them. Make space for them not to be whoever they were when they walked in, whatever skill set they walked in with, but actually the space to be what might they be? What are they learning? What could they do? Not just what they already know. Listening to you there, it's like we need to have not only a growth mindset for ourselves, but also one for others where we support them in that journey. Absolutely. And we spend so much time in our own heads talking about our own growth mindset or our fears and all this sort of stuff. But I think the real power of work is when you're not just inside your own head thinking about yourself, but actually thinking about the person next to you and what they might do or they might offer or being open to the contribution they might make to what you or they are doing together. And I think that that sort of, it comes back to you. I I always quote the very tail end of Mother Teresa's biography and she said everything that she did for others she did for herself because it felt so good. I (laughs) paraphrased her but but it is a great feeling to watch other people grow, to watch them step into a space they've never been in, to become confident in a skill they've never had before. It's it's a wonderful feeling to watch that and it's it's a joy. It's a joy to watch other people thrive. In terms of growing a business, how do we translate individual growth, the growth of a team into something that's on a much bigger scale? It takes growing your whole community. First of all, you have to have the confidence to step up yourself and say, Ashley, the work we're doing is incredibly cool. (laughs) And it's okay for that to be successful. And it's really exciting. And you you start to enjoy that and, and embrace it. Then you're making space for others to do the same thing so that you're doing it together. Because there's you know, there's nothing like that team feeling of when you all go, wow, look at that. That was really great fun to do that together. But you're also making space for your clients. You're making space for new clients or new customers where they can also grow with what you're doing. It's, it's like growing a whole community. And, and it's not till you step back from that. So we've been in business now for four and a half years. And obviously we're on a um, very rapid growth curve at the moment. And when we step back and look at how it happened, a lot of the players in that that have been so important to us have actually been part of this team or part of this community as customers or clients for a couple of years. All of these people growing at the same time in step is actually creating this ecosystem that's um, very, very positive impact on each other. What are the obstacles? What are the challenges that can get in the way? That's a really good question because we've had to think about that a lot. I think there's two two things that I would say are the really big rocks of the, the things that can stop you. The first one is you've got to grow at a pace that you've got the capacity to enjoy. Okay, so if it becomes too frenetic, um, you actually never have those celebrations. You're just going, 
we'll just go there. I had an entrepreneur friend of mine, Phil Hayson Clare, described it as terminal velocity. When you're just going so fast, you can't go any faster. And, and that's true. You have days like that as you start to scale and grow. But at a pace where you can enjoy it, at a pace where you can debrief and share and say, wow, wasn't that great? That's very, it's a really important part of it. It's what makes it joyful to do the work. That's certainly one. The other one is the flip side of that, is if you find an area that can't grow, that feels stilted, that can't quite get into that momentum or the flow that you called it, you usually find someone who can't grow themselves. At the moment, they're just too shut down, too locked down, can't move, can't think, can't take a chance. And if they can't, they'll hold everybody to where they're at. And so you sort of need everyone to be confident and capable and feel that they've got the support to grow as opposed to leaving people behind. It's a very interesting sort of trying to get everyone on that same page is, is, a, is a challenge, but also a challenge worth addressing. Those two points make so much sense. And the first point about actually taking time to smell the roses, celebrate, debrief, be present, and not just at that terminal velocity. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that people listening would have a number of ideas about how to make sure that you can stop, pause, reflect. If we can spot the moment where there's a block in the team, if we are able to observe that, how do we help that person or help those team members to then be back in the groove? This is one of those examples that goes back to understanding that connection to purpose. The really exciting growth is when you start to think about the work that you're doing and the impact that it has. And, and if you think of your work like that, I think it's much more grounded and it feels for everybody like I could do that work. I could step into that space. Like I could help do that. I could make a difference to those people or that person. And I think if you can ground it in something that's meaningful, if you look at the old way of measuring business, it was like, how big are you? Do you have omnipresence? That was like the name of the game. There's a different way of approaching business now. There's a whole bunch of people who are walking away from those models and going, yeah, but not really what I want to do and not what I want to spend my life on. I don't, I don't grow and learn from that. It's just like I'm part of a cog in a giant machine. But there's a new way of thinking about business. There's an extension of what you want to do with your life, of how you think about work, of your community, the relationships around you. And that is about purposeful work. That is about making a difference to people. It's about creating something that's new, inventing something that no one's invented before. And it's not just for entrepreneurs. It's for all sorts of businesses are starting to do this. They're starting to think, why are we doing this as opposed to what are we achieving? And it's a whole different way of coming together. So we learned from an early age in our family what roles we're allowed to play. How do we break <laughs> free of those limitations not just for ourselves, but for our teammates and for, and for other businesses like you're talking about. How do we say growth is unlimited, potential yeah. is unlimited, and go there together? Well, I think there's two parts to this. The first one is deeply appreciating that humans are so incredibly unlimited. Like we've got this really limited view of what we can do and someone has to teach us how to be innovative and teach us how to be agile and teach us. These things are natural to most of us. Like we just... That's where we live and breathe. And we worked through our work with autism. We worked with a guy called Dr. Michael Chez in the US and John Hopkins. And he was just the most amazing. He's a pediatric neurologist, one of the best in the world. And I remember him saying, I think we understand about 8% of the human brain at the moment. Now, this is a man who spent his life talking about the brain, 8%. But he said, 
probably as we get smarter and understand more, we'll realize it's not yet 8%. But then there's this other piece of when you come together and how unlimited you can be and how the potential that you've got and sort of saying, there's a whole system of work. There's a whole system of the way that we must work. This is how leadership works, but they don't work particularly well. And I think that this current moment, like the world's biggest ever psychological experiment that we've all shared, has probably, albeit got a lot of pain in it, has also got a lot of lessons that we can fundamentally change everything about how we work, literally overnight. And so if we started to think like that, the limitations of how we come together, how we work, how we think about teams and leadership absolutely goes out the window. It's something I've seen modelled at moi by you and the team since joining that the ways of working, no matter how well they're working, are always potentially able to be improved. And together we can find whatever that way forward is. I think staying open to that is something I've been so delighted to see at moi. There's a couple of us that founded it that are just constantly dissatisfied. Like it's like, that was good, but we could do better. So, <laughs> so we're very relaxed about that. And we're always pushing things and pushing the envelope, pushing each other. Like we, you know, this is good, but you could do better. And so I think that is sort of deep in the culture. And then when other people come in and they can make a difference to things, we're very open to it. But we are working in a space. I mean, what we're doing is we're rethinking work. We're rethinking organisational culture, how you measure that, how you talk about that, how you understand your impact on other people. And the way that we're doing it is so fundamentally different. But it's not because the way that was working was great. We just needed to tweak it. It absolutely wasn't working. And so we've got this space where, well, that just doesn't work. So let's do something different. So to challenge that and to grow that and to think differently about it, the more people that we can have doing that. And, and our team, when we talk about our team, we sort of got our people that are employed um, and that's certainly growing very quickly, but equally it's our clients and the contribution they make back in. So when you start to map out totally different ways of thinking and understanding culture and teamwork and leadership, and all of a sudden you're on the other side of a table or a Zoom call with a client that is equally excited about possibility and a better future and making work work and all that sort of jazz. You challenge each other, you question each other, you, you try new ideas. And, and so the growth in what we've been doing, the growth a tech platform obviously is one of them, but even the growth and the thinking behind it has been incredibly rapid. And I think that every person that's walked in with um, the idea that actually I, I want to participate and make this a lot better has had space to do that. So before we leave the podcast today, Rhonda, I'd love to ask you, what is something that you think of or act on every day in terms of growth mindset, in terms of bringing an open mind and an open heart into each situation? Is there something that you focus on? I really do believe that every time you meet somebody that you can learn from them. And so I go into every conversation, assuming that's the case, that they will know something, have experienced something, have lived something that I haven't. And maybe there's some real gold in that, that we could, you know, grab together and, and make even better. And so when you go into every conversation like that, you learn so much. And the other part of that is it creates relationships that are very open to growth from the day they start. So the expectation is that you're going to learn from each other, that you're going to teach each other, that you're open to each other. And so as that person changes and grows and develops, they're open to offer that into their relationship, into the conversation. And I think that fundamentally is 
foundational to who I am, to my life, but also to our work. Rhonda, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I hope our listeners have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Thank you, Lincoln. And, and I think it's typical of a conversation on growth is that it's not linear. It is as it comes, when it comes on all different angles. And, and I like that approach to growth too, that it doesn't have to be the correct next step is step two and then three. The correct next step might be seven and then two and then eight. <laughs> so sort of just going with it so that people can challenge it to move more quickly when the opportunity presents itself, both individually and as a team and as a business. And I think we've taken that too. We've been happy to leap steps that we didn't need to take. On that note, that is a big moi from us. Thank you again, Rhonda, so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. And we look forward to connecting with everyone who's listening in the next podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.